Welcome to another episode of our digitally remastered old-time radio shows from SolvedMystery.com. Visit our website for complete collections of your favorite old-time radio series. Remember to follow us so you won't miss new releases from SolvedMystery.com. Yes? Who is this? It's me, Sam. Sam? Samantha, your secretary, Lee. I know, but what the heck are you calling for at this time of night? Don't you ever sleep? Oh, Lee, they've picked up a boyfriend of mine on a charge of murder, and he didn't do it. Well, if he didn't do it, what are you worried about? The trouble is, although I know he didn't do it, he's confessed to the murder. Goodyear presents... The Sounds of Darkness. Good evening. The Goodyear Tire and Rubber Company... Makers of passenger, truck, and tractor tires for every requirement in South Africa's farming, commerce, and industry bring you Lee Masters, the blind detective who challenges the sounds of darkness. Tonight's Sounds of Darkness, you will hear Tony Jay as Lee Masters, James White as Johnny Bridges, and Elaine Lee as Samantha Darlington. Others in the cast are Patricia Sanders, George Carellin, Gordon Mulholland, and Hugh Rouse. Now let us join the world of Lee Masters in tonight's Sounds of Darkness, learning the hard way. Well, his name is Bruce. Bruce Skinner. He's he's an artist. An artist? You mean the full bit? Greenwich Village, sandals and beard? Well, he does live in the village and he does have a beard, but, well, he's not a hippie. What the heck's a hippie? Oh, they used to call them beatniks. Hmm. Go on. Well, uh, apparently last night he met this guy that he hasn't seen since they were in college together. They hung one on. Where did this booze-up take place? All over. It is a crawl. But they ended up in Skid Row. Nice friends you have. Oh, Lee, it sounds bad, I know, but Bruce isn't that sort of guy. But you know what a couple of fellows are when they get a bit high. They were looking for dames? Oh, no, I shouldn't think so. Well, not Bruce, at least. All he wants to do when he gets high is spout poetry and argue. He'll argue with anyone after a few shots. So, uh, how did they end up in the row? I don't know. And neither does Bruce. He just doesn't remember. He came, too, sleeping on a bench on the subway station at 51st Street. And, uh, who was killed? It was a girl. Her name is Helen Scranton. A real no-good nick, by all accounts. A hustler. I suppose. Most of them hustle when they get that low. 
How was she killed? Strangled. Strangled with a necktie. And uh, how did your boyfriend Bruce come to be involved in all this? Well, the old doll who runs the rooming house where it happened saw a guy answering Bruce's description leave Helen Scranton's room about 3.30 this morning. Well, the cops checked and soon ran Bruce to the ground. The thing is that the necktie that was used is Bruce's. And he's confessed. He's confessed to strangling her. Okay, Johnny. Now, here's the score as far as I've been able to ascertain. Helen Scranton, vagrant, practically a human derelict. Mm -hmm. Certainly no looker. Found strangled with a necktie. The necktie belongs to one Bruce Skinner, artist, no permanent employee. But otherwise, no record. Seems to be a pretty regular sort of guy. Last night, he meets up with an old college chum. They go off on a bender together. Uh-uh. Skinner passes out around two in the morning. Wakes up on a subway bench. According to him, he clearly remembers strangling a skinny brunette. Yeah. A brunette who was wearing blue hipster slacks and a white sweater. A perfect description of Helen Scranton. So uh, what's the problem? The problem, Johnny, is feminine intuition. Are you kidding? Don't knock it till you tried it. I'm a firm believer in feminine intuition. But who's had the intuition? Sam. Huh? Our pretty little secretary, Samantha Darlington, whom you fancy like crazy. How does she come into this? She knows this Bruce Skinner. She's convinced he didn't do it. How is she convinced? Because he's not a guy like that. Oh, no. Oh, yes. And I believe her. Have you spoken to the guy yet? No, not yet. I intend to right away. But I've spoken to Sam, and that's enough to get me interested in the case. Where's he being held? Fifth Precinct. Let's go over and have a word with my friend, Lieutenant Evans. <laughs> Against the rules, as you know, but I reckon our friendship will stand for you to have ten minutes with him. Thanks, Bertie. Okay. Take me in, Johnny. It's ring, Lee. No step. Bunk three feet to your right when you're in. Thanks. Gee, do you have to slam that thing like that? Got a head, boy? Oh, you have to be kidding. Heads I haven't got, but delicately veined balloons filled with throbbing pain tissue. These I have two of. For want of a better word, we'll call them heads. I'm Lee Masters. Oh, yeah? I heard of you. You're the blind guy that Sam works for? That's me. She dragged you into this? In a way. Well, that's no use. Don't ask me why I did it, but I did. I've never even set eyes on the broad before, so help me. But I must have done it. Why? Because I remember doing it, and I uh, gave a perfect description of her, and they found my tie around her throat, so I have confessed. So Sam tells me. Look, Buster, if you did it, you deserve to burn, and I wouldn't even ask for clemency for you. Sure. But there's something that smells here. That is, uh, apart from your booze-soaked breath. Well, yeah, I do. I uh, still smell of the stuff. I have very sensitive nostrils. Tell me what you remember. I understand you passed out in the early hours of this morning. 
Yeah. Yeah, I don't know that I passed out. The last thing I remember is arguing with Red, the barman in Casey's bar just off Broadway. Yeah, I know the place. You picked a fight with Red? He must have been looking for trouble. Uh-huh. Red knows me. I always look for trouble when I'm high. Go on. Start from the time you first met this friend of yours. Okay. Well, I get to exhibit a little gallery in the village every now and so often. I, I've been around there, and they'd sold a painting of mine. I was very surprised, see? Why? Are you a bad artist? Oh, no, no. I'm a good artist. Very good. That's why I was surprised. The public isn't really ready for work of my caliber yet, you see? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, anyway, I got the door, and I was walking out into the street when this guy calls to me. At first, I didn't recognize him. I picked him up. We had a couple in the bar of the hotel where he's staying. What hotel is that? The Marlborough. You, you know it? I know it. Well, from there, we just sort of drifted from one pub to the other. The last I remember, like I said, was Casey's bar. Uh, apart from remembering the fact that you strangled the broad. Yeah. Yeah, apart from mm-hmm. that. It's so real, you know, and I, I don't even know her, Mr. Masters. Do you think I did it? Do you? Well, I suppose I must have. The funny thing is, sometimes I feel like I must have dreamed it. The next minute, I know I did. And right now, how do you feel about it right now? Right now, I feel I must be going out of my mind. Hotel? Yeah, this is the Mulberry. Where Brady Wagnall lives. Okay. Steer me through into the lobby, Johnny. This way. Uh, excuse me, uh, could you tell me if... Oh, yeah. Oh, so can I help you? Mr. Wagnall, what room number is he? Uh, room 1234. You want to see him? Well, I'll check if he's here. Uh, what name, please? Hold it, Buster. Huh? Save the efficiency bit. We're from the FBI. Oh. Here's my badge. I just want to know if the guy's in. Oh, I see. Well, uh, yes, he's in, sir. Uh, n- no trouble, I hope. None at all. Just don't announce us, that's all. Come on, Johnny. Room 1234, you said. Oh, that's right, sir. Mm. Oh, the elevator's over to your right. <laughs> also sleeping it off. No, no answer. Must be out. Funny. Hang on a minute. I, I got keys here for all kinds of locks. Here, try a couple of these. Okay. This one usually works on hotel rooms. Mm-hmm. Hey, right first time, as usual. Jealousy will get you nowhere, son. Yeah? What is it? Hey, hey, what's going on here? FBI. And we knocked. There was no answer. I was learning. I, I'm busy learning Spanish. I got a job to do in Mexico in a couple of months. Something I can do for you? Yeah. 
We're looking into a killing in which a friend of yours seems to be involved. Oh, you mean Skinny. Ruth Skinner. Is that a federal case? In a way. What can you tell us about it? Well, I can't tell you a thing, really. I, well, nothing is that I haven't already told the police. I, I know it sounds screwy. I mean, I mean, Skinny just isn't that type of guy, but for my money, he did it. He killed this Helen Scranton Broad. You are listening to Learning the Hard Way. Tonight's Sounds of Darkness, brought to you by Goodyear, the greatest name in rubber. Okay, Mr. Wagnall, tell us your version of the story. Yeah, sure. I'll just switch off and put this junk away. Well, you see, now, what was like this? I met Skinny by accident. You didn't know where he was staying? Where he was working? What he was doing? No, I didn't. Not a thing. See, I've been living in Philadelphia ever since I left college, and that was the last time I saw Skinny in college. You mean since, uh... When was it you left college? 62. 1962. Since 1962, you haven't seen Bruce Skinner. That's five years. Yeah, that's right. Something wrong in that? No. Should there be? What do you mean, should there be? We both started our different careers in different states. What is your career, Mr. Wagnall? Me? Well, I'm actually going into politics. I work for the DA's office in Philadelphia. A lawyer, huh? Well, at the moment, yeah. Like I say, I, I hope for a career in politics. Yeah. Married? Uh, no, not anymore. I did get married just after college, actually, but it didn't take... So now you're divorced? No, separated. We just parted. There are no kids, and I got no intention of getting married for a few years. You know, I'm, I'm far too busy making my career, that sort of thing. So I haven't bothered about a divorce. And, of course, even in this so-called enlightened day and age, for a man planning a public career like a politician, having a divorce somewhere in the background isn't a good thing, is it? No, I, I suppose not. I hadn't thought about it that way. Sooner or later, maybe Heather is going to want to get married to someone, and when she does, I've no doubt that she'll get on to me about making things legal. Mm. That's your wife's name? Heather? That's right. When did you see her last? Well, not since we broke up, back in 63. Four years, huh? And uh, what makes you think Bruce Skinner did the killing? Well, you know how some guys are when they're high. They want to look for atmosphere. Well, that was Bruce. He thought we might meet some interesting characters in Skid Row. We went into a bar there, and he started talking to this broad. That's when I left. By, uh, this broad? You mean Helen Scranton? No, no, some other doll. I didn't know her name. Anyway, the party looked like getting a little too rough for me. Like you said, a guy can't be too careful. Did I say that? Yeah, you know, about divorce, scandals, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So you left. Next I heard, they picked up Bruce this morning. About this Skinner kid. How did you guys hear about the killing? A phone call around four o'clock this morning. It came from a guy, anonymous. Just said that there was a stiff in Alan Scranton's room that he rang up. Didn't give you a tip to pick up Bruce Skinner? Nope. Landlady put us on to him. 
Oh, what I mean is she gave us a description. Said he looked drunk, even at that time of the morning. She says she saw him leave at about 3.30 in the morning. Oh, we checked the bars of strangers, got a description that fitted the one the landlady gave us. After that, it was routine. Oh, he's a guy, all right, he confessed. It was his necktie that was used to strangle her. Yeah. I don't like it, Bertie. Huh? Not one little bit. What do you know about this broad, uh, Helen Scranton? Is that her real name? Well, no, as a matter of fact, it isn't a real name. Her name was Seymour, Heather Seymour. Oh, hi, Lee. Hi, Sam. Well, what did you find out? This Bertie Wagnall seems to be all he says he is. Up-and-coming young light in D.A.'s office in Philly. He's lived there since 62. He did marry, and they did split up with no hard feelings in 63. Well, for my money, he's clean. I wonder. Something smells in this case. You know that, Sam? And his wife's maiden name? Archer. Her name was Heather Archer. All I know, Lee, is that Bruce can't have done it. You know something? I have talked to the boy. I'm inclined to agree with you. And what's the answer? Another Skid Row character did it? Uh, I don't think so. You see, there's the landlady's description of the guy who left the room at 3.30 in the morning. I've spoken to her, too. And that was definitely Skinner that she saw. He was for sure in that girl's room at three in the morning. But he remembers nothing about that. No. The last he remembers is in Casey's bar, just off Broadway. I've spoken to Red, the barman there, and Bruce and his pal left at one thirty. Now, the funny thing is that Red says he didn't seem so canned to him. Oh. Yeah, he knows your pal, Bruce. And according to Red, the guy wasn't all that drunk. Mm. Odd, yeah. But not drunk. Oh, what's that supposed to mean? I don't know, Sam. One or two little things worry me about this whole business. Like, for instance, Bertie Wagnall saying that the dame that Bruce was talking to when he left him in the bar in Skid Row wasn't Helen Scranton. So? What's wrong with that? Well, how would he know that she didn't look like Helen Scranton? Unless he knows what Helen Scranton looks like. Oh. And according to him, he doesn't. Well, it might just be a slip of the tongue. I don't know. By the way, the uh, the other thing. Is there any rumor in Philly about young Bertie Wagner wanting to get married? No, no. He seems to be a confirmed bachelor by all accounts. Yeah. Uh, get hold of Johnny, will you, Sam? I, right. I feel like taking a trip to Philadelphia. of assistance? FBI. Oh. Here's my badge. Oh, I see. Yes, sir. Now, look. I want you to find for me the original document registering the marriage of one Albert Wagnall, 1962. You got that? Yes, sir. Right away, sir. One moment. I'll get it for you right away. I still don't get it, Lee. Sam checked on this. Why do we have to come all the way to Philadelphia to check again? Because, Johnny, this Wagnall guy is the guilty one in my book. I have a hunch he knows Helen Scranton. His wife's Christian name was the same as Helen Scranton's real name, Heather. But her maiden name was Archer. 
Helen Scranton's real name was Seymour. Exactly. So why are we here? When people change their names, they keep their same initials nine times out of ten. That's one reason. Two, Wagnall knew Helen Scranton. Three, possible motive. It wouldn't look good for an up-and-coming lawyer to be married to a girl who lives in Skid Row. A no-good, a derelict, would it? No, I suppose not. Here you are, sir. Albert Wagner. Hmm? Who did he marry? Now, let's see. Here we are, sir. Heather Archer. You're wrong this time, Lee. I don't think so, Johnny. Not yet. Have a look at that entry. Does it look to you as if it might have been altered? Just a second. Oh, but that could never happen here. Hey, you know something, Lee? I don't know how you do it, but I'd say yes. This entry has definitely been altered. My word. <laughs> yeah. It wouldn't be the first time either. All right, Johnny. It's a long shot, but maybe we'll hit pay dirt. Look, uh, get the witnesses' names and addresses, and let's go and see them right away. No, Mrs. Webley, we are from the FBI, but it isn't any sort of trouble for you. Oh, well, what is it then? Back in 1962, you were a witness down at City Hall. A young guy named Albert Wagnall and a young girl. Remember? Of course I remember. Heather particularly wanted me to be a witness since she has no brothers and sisters. Well, was she a relative of yours then? No, but I knew her from the first time she came to Philly. Her only friend, really. And, uh... What was her name? Her name? Why, before she married Bert Wagnall, her name was Seymour. Heather Seymour. How long before we hit New York, Johnny? Uh, Thirty minutes. But I got hold of Evansville and picked up Wagnall by now. You know, what worries me is this confession of Bruce Skinner's. I know Wagnall did it. We can prove that the dead woman was actually his wife, Heather Seymour, and that she was blackmailing him. He was paying her dough to keep quiet about the marriage. So, we know his motive. But how did he manage to get Bruce Skinner to confess? Wait a minute. See, when we first went into his room... We knocked. There was no answer. I was learning. I'd busy learning Spanish. That's it, Johnny. How was Wagner learning? Well, he, he had headphones on. You know, listening to tapes. That's the way everyone learns languages these days. think. You're supposed to tell me everything that's going on. And when it happens, too. Not days later. If you told me about the headphones, I would have cottoned on to how Wagner got Bruce to confess to a crime he didn't commit. Gee, I, I feel real bad about this, Lee. So you should. Anyway, it's, it's over now. No harm done. Yeah, but I still don't see. Well, I'll... I'll tell you. Yeah. Now, listen. 
First of all, Bruce said the last thing he remembered was being in Casey's bar, right? Right. Right. But Red, the barman, said he wasn't so drunk. Odd, he said, but not drunk. Uh-huh. Well, right then, I thought Bruce had been drugged. Maybe our friend Wagnall slipped him LSD or some other hallucinatory drug. Bruce blacked out. Yeah. Wagnall took him to his hotel room, and the night clerk confirms this. And he gave him a dose of suggestion over those phones. Yeah. Yeah, he suggested that Bruce killed Helen Scranton. Actually, it was Wagnall who did it, of course. Mm. And Bruce was probably in the room, too. But out. That's how his necktie came to be used. So, Wagnall left him there. At 3.30, Bruce comes, too. But not enough that he remembers anything. He leaves the room, Mm -hmm. is seen by the landlady, and the rest you know. The rest I know. No... It was Wagnall's slip that first made me suspicious. Of course, sir, he'd had access to the records, working in the DA's office, and he'd changed them. Well, let that be a lesson to you. A lesson? Yeah. You're my eyes. You must tell me everything, even the obvious things. If I hadn't remembered the conversation and thought there was something funny about Wagnall from the first, we might never have cracked this one. So ends tonight's Sounds of Darkness, presented for your entertainment by the Goodyear Tire and Rubber Company. Makers of world-famous passenger tires, truck, and tractor tires for every requirement in South Africa's farming, commerce, and industry. Join us next Friday and every Friday night at 9.30 when Goodyear will again present the blind detective Lee Masters in The Sounds of Darkness. for joining us and enjoying our digitally remastered old-time radio shows from SolvedMystery.com. Please remember to leave us a review and to follow us for frequent releases.